Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that Jesus, your Son, is our living hope. Because when we were broken, when we were in sin, when we were lost, when we deserved your punishment, you didn't give up on us, you didn't reject us, you sent him to this earth so that he could become Savior and Lord of all who trust in him. Right now, God, we pray that your Holy Spirit will fill us, will speak to us through your word and will open our minds, our spirits, our souls, that we might not only hear information, but that you will transform us from the inside out so we can live faithfully as citizens of your heavenly kingdom. And God, we do thank you on this Independence Day weekend that while we know our ultimate home is in heaven, that we get to be citizens of the United States of America. With all of its problems, with all of its troubles, God, it's still a great place to live as sojourners for a time. And so we thank you for this country and we pray for its leaders and for all of us that we might all live under your power, your authority, and your truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Hi, I'm Pastor Chris, and uh, we welcome you on this Independence Day weekend to worship at New Life. If you're worshiping online, especially if you're here for the first time, we're so glad you're with us. And if you're here for the first time, we're so glad you're with us as well. And tonight, as we look into the scriptures, what we're going to do, we're continuing this series called For Such a Time as This, Experiencing God in Such a Time as This. We're going to look at the life of Ruth. Ruth is a book of the Bible. We're going to do something that we've only done one other time in the whole history of New Life. We're going to look through the whole book of Ruth. I was thinking about uh, this message, and when I was in seminary, and in seminary you learn big words. That's what you do. Um, we learned the word hortatory. It means a message that exhorts you. We learned the word evangelistic, which everybody knows that word. It means a message that's about how you come to know Jesus. We learned the word didactic which means it's a teaching message. Well, this is really not any of those kind of messages. This is a story. And actually, it's sort of an underlying current all the way through a love story. But it's also a story of loyalty. We live in a nation, the United States of America, and I want us all to remember, as, as important as that, that is, that's our secondary citizenship. Our primary citizenship is in the kingdom of God. And the strange thing about being citizens in the kingdom of God is... Even though it's our home, none of us have seen it. None of us have been there. And we're never going to see it and we're never going to be there until we're there forever. But right now we're sojourners. That means we're strangers. We're actually passing through. And in this life we want to be as effective as citizens as we can be. And Ruth was a stranger, a sojourner in the land of Judah. She came from a land called Moab, as we're going to see. And she became a citizen not only of Judah, but she became... An, an, a, yeah, an ancestor of Jesus. So let's turn to God's Word. And before we do that, I want to do two things. First of all, I want to show you how simple it is to be a good secondary citizen, in our case of America, in her case of Judah. The best way to do that is just to do the next right thing. That's all Ruth did. She always did the next right thing. In fact, that's the take-home point for the, the, this message, which is... When we do the next right thing, 
we move closer to God. When we do the next right thing, we move closer to God. I'm going to do something I don't usually do. I'm going to get out my phone right now. And I'm going to tell you, if you want to follow along in the notes, there is no connection, no paper connection, but you can open up your uh, phone and open up the Version Bible app. And when you do that, at the bottom it says more. So you just click on more and you go to events. And right there it says New Life Christian Ministries. And if you click on New Life Christian Ministries... There's the outline for the message, and also all four chapters of the book of Ruth. So if you don't want to do that this, right now, you can do that anytime, or even if you're watching online, well, if you're watching online, you have all of this stuff right in the chat line. So that's, that's a little simpler. But right now, we're going to turn to the Word of God, the book of Ruth. We're going to read a little bit. We're going to take a break and talk about some things. We're going to work our way through all four chapters of this incredible account it's an account of obedience and love and worship, and, uh, and it has a very happy ending, which is not always the case in every biblical story, but this one does. So it says, in the, the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and two sons with him. The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife was Naomi. Their sons were Machlon and Kilion. They are Ephrathites from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. And when they reached Moab, they settled there. Then Elimelech died, and Naomi was left with her two sons. The two sons married Moabite women. One married a woman named Orpah, and the other a woman named Ruth. But about ten years later, both Machlon and Kilion died. This left Naomi alone without her two sons or her husband. So let's pause for a moment. We have the account of four people to start with. There's Elimelech and Naomi, husband and wife. And then there's the boys, the sons, Machlon and Kilion. And while they're there, Elimelech, the husband, dies, which leaves Naomi without support. In those days, there's no life insurance, there's no medical insurance, no kind of insurance. And so um, Naomi's in a really difficult situation, except fortunately for her, her sons are grown up by this point. So they, we know they're grown up because they get married. So they can support their mother as well as their wives. And so that goes on for 10 more years, but then the two boys die. So now you have Naomi and you have Orpah and Ruth, and none of them have a means of support. It's a very difficult situation. Now, over the past four months, we've all been going through some difficult situations. We call it COVID-19, you know, this worldwide pandemic. But most of us haven't gone through a situation where we lost husband and sons as well as our livelihood. Some have actually been through that, but for most of us, not quite as bad as it was for Naomi. So it says, Then Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had blessed his people in Judah by giving them good crops again. So Naomi and her daughters-in-law got ready to leave Moab to return to her homeland. So this would have been good news for Naomi because she had property back in her homeland. It was Elimelech's property because property could only be owned by men in those days, but she could go back to the land and perhaps there would be some kind of livelihood for her. So it says, with her two daughters-in-law, she set out from the place where she had been living, and they took the road that would lead them back to Judah. But on the way, Naomi said to her daughter, two daughters-in-law, go back to your mother's homes, and may the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me. May the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they all broke down and wept. No, they said, we want to go with your people. But Naomi replied, why should you go with me? Can I still give birth to other sons who would, could grow up to be your husbands? 
No, my daughters, return to your parents' homes, for I am too old to marry again. And even if it were possible, and I were to get married tonight and bear sons, then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not, my daughters. Things are far more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. And again they wept together, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. So Naomi realized the situation is basically hopeless, and there's no point in her two daughters-in-law accompanying her back to Judah. The reason, they're foreigners, and they don't have any husbands, and no Jewish person is going to want to marry them because they're foreigners. And according to the law of Moses, they weren't even supposed to marry foreigners. So there's no way they could be supported. And she says, why don't you go back to your mother's home or your family of origin? Why? Because maybe they at least would take you back in and you'll be able to survive. So Orpah says, okay, they all cry. And we know that Naomi loved these two women because she doesn't call them daughters-in-law. She says, my daughters. And they cry together and, and Orpah leaves. But it says Ruth clung to Naomi. And what we read next is, Look, Naomi said to her, to Ruth, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Very important statement. They are idol worshipers in Moab. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. So what Ruth is telling Naomi is, I don't want to go back to my family because you're my family. I don't want to go back to my gods, to the false gods, because those gods are no gods at all. And, and what we understand is the very first next right thing that Ruth did is to understand who is the true God? Who is the real God? The God of Israel, the God of Judah. And so this is her first next right thing is to worship that one true God. And she made a commitment to Naomi, that she would stay with her until Naomi died. What a powerful commitment. So when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. So the two of them continued on their journey. When they came to Bethlehem, the entire town was excited by their arrival. Is it really Naomi, the women asked. So think about this. Naomi's been gone for more than a decade because her sons have been died after 10 years. Her husband died after they got there. So it could have been 12, 15 years they've been in this foreign land. But when they come back, everybody says, is this really Naomi? So they're excited. It seems like a little bit of good news in all of this bad news. And Naomi breaks down the, the, the moment, though. She says, don't call me Naomi, she said. Instead, call me Mara, for the Almighty has made life very bitter for me. Mara means bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer and the Almighty has sent such tragedy upon me? Naomi blamed God for her situation. Now, sometimes when people blame God for situations in the era that we're talking about, the ground opened up and people were swallowed up whole. Sometimes, you know, flags came. But God didn't do anything. When Naomi complained that God had put her, actually earlier he said, had shaken his fist against her. God didn't do anything because you see, God can take our anger. God can take it when we're upset. God knew that Naomi wasn't, she hadn't lost her faith. She, she was just hurting so bad. And haven't we all been there? We've been hurting so bad that we just scream, you know, that it's God's fault. And that's where Naomi was. 
So it says, so Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by her daughter-in-law, Ruth, the young Moabite woman. They arrived in Bethlehem in late spring at the beginning of the barley harvest. Now there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. One day, Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go out into the harvest fields and to pick the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. Naomi replied, all right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. And as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. While she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you, he said. The Lord bless you, the harvesters replied. Then Boaz asked his foreman, who is that young woman over there? Who does she belong to? And the foreman replied, she is the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. She has been hard at work ever since, except for a few moments, a few minutes rest in the shelter. Boaz went over and said to Ruth, listen, my daughter, stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other fields. Stay right behind the young women working in my field. See which part of the field they are harvesting and then follow them. I have warned the young men not to treat you roughly. And when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness, she asked. I am only a foreigner. Yes, I know, Boaz replied, but I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. I hope I continue to please you, sir, she replied. You have comforted me by speaking so kindly to me, even though I am not one of your workers. At mealtime, Boaz called to her, come over here and help yourself to some food. You can dip your bread in the sour wine. So she sat with his harvesters and Boaz gave her some roasted grain to eat. She ate all she wanted and still had some left over. When Ruth went back to work again, Boaz ordered his young men, let her gather grain right among the sheaves without stopping her and pull out some heads of barley from the bundles and drop them on purpose for her. Let her pick them up and don't give her a hard time. So Ruth gathered barley there all day, and when she beat out the grain that evening, it filled an entire basket. She carried it back into town and showed it to her mother-in-law. Ruth also gave her the roasted grain that was left over from her meal. Where did you gather all this grain today, Naomi asked. Where did you work? May the Lord bless the one who helped you. So Ruth told her mother-in-law about the man in whose field she had worked. She said, the man I worked with today is named Boaz. May the Lord bless him, Naomi told her daughter-in-law. He is showing his kindness to us as well as to your dead husband. That man is one of our closest relatives, one of your family redeemers. That's a very important point. You're going to want to remember that. Then Ruth said, what's more, Boaz even told me to come back and stay with his harvesters until the har entire harvest is completed. Good, Naomi exclaimed. Do as he said, my daughter. Stay with his young women right through the whole harvest. You might be harassed in other fields, but you'll be safe with him. So Ruth worked alongside the women in Boaz's fields and gathered grain with them until the end of the barley harvest. Then she continued working with them through the wheat harvest in early summer. And all the while she lived with her mother-in-law. So if you're thinking that Boaz is the hero of the story, you're right. But Ruth is also a hero in this story. We see her second right thing. And that was to work diligently to provide for Naomi and herself. 
The law of Moses provided a thing which was called the law of gleaning. What that said was that poor people could come behind the harvesters of grain or grapes, any kind of of crop that was grown in Israel, and they could pick up what was left over. In fact, there were even specific laws that said, don't pick every bit of the grain, don't pick all of the grapes, leave some behind for the poor and the widow and the outcast. And so because of this rule, Ruth was able to pick the grain, but it usually didn't provide very much. And it was really only a way for subsistence. Nobody thrived in that situation. But Ruth was going to thrive, and Naomi, because Boaz came along. Now, I said to remember that phrase, family redeemer or kinsman redeemer. In Hebrew, it's called goel. It, it, it does mean, literally, it means redeemer or savior. Guess who's referred to by the prophets in the Old Testament as a goel? Jesus. Jesus is the kinsman redeemer who came to the people of Israel and actually to the people of the entire planet to redeem us from our sins and to be Savior for us. But in Ruth and Naomi's case, Boaz was their Savior. He provided the food. He also provided protection. When Naomi said that other people might treat you roughly, that was, a, that was kind. Many terrible things could happen to a single woman in a situation like that in that culture. So Boaz was providing food and protection. He truly was a family redeemer. But if you don't know the story... It's about to get even better. So one day, Naomi said to Ruth, my daughter, it's time that I found a permanent home for you so that you will be provided for. Boaz is a close relative of ours, and he's been very kind by letting you gather grain with his his young women. Tonight, he will be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. Now do as I tell you. Take a bath and put on perfume and dress in your nicest clothes. Then go to the threshing floor, but don't let Boaz see you until he has finished eating and drinking. Be sure to notice where he lies down, then go and uncover his feet and lie down there. He will tell you what to do. I will do everything that you say. Now, if you're reading this and you're thinking, what in the world is going on here? This lady, is, is he try, she trying to fix these two people up? No, she's not trying to. She's going to. This is the way it worked in that culture. This, the, everything that's laid out here is exactly so that Ruth will end up becoming married to Boaz, as we'll see. But here's Ruth's next right thing. It's the third next right thing she did. She obeyed Naomi's instructions. Ruth had been listening to Naomi ever since they left the land of Moab and came back into Judah. And now maybe Ruth knew what was going on. Maybe Ruth had no idea what was going on. In any case, Ruth was willing to listen to her mother-in-law, and things had gone pretty well for them so far as she listened to her mother-in-law. They were about to get even better. So we return to this story. So she went down, that is, Ruth went down to the threshing floor that night and followed the instructions of her mother-in-law. After Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he lay down at the far end of the pile of grain and went to sleep. Then Ruth came quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. Okay, the purpose of uncovering the feet was so his feet would get cold, so that he would wake up. Okay, and it says, Around midnight, Boaz suddenly woke up and turned over. He was surprised to find a woman lying at his feet. Who are you, he asked. I am your servant Ruth, she replied. Spread the corner of your covering over me, for you are my family redeemer. The Lord bless you, my daughter, Boaz exclaimed. You are showing even more family loyalty now than you did before, for you have not gone after a younger man, whether rich or poor. Now don't worry about a thing, my daughter. I will do what is necessary, for everyone in town knows you are a virtuous woman. That's an amazing thing to say. 
about a woman who's a foreigner, a sojourner in the land, what many would have considered probably an idol worshiper, but they know that she's a virtuous woman because of her actions. It says, but while it's true that I am one of your family redeemers, there is another man who is more closely related to you than I am. Stay here tonight, and in the morning I will talk to him. If he is willing to redeem you, very well, let him marry you. But if he is not willing, then as surely as the Lord lives, I will redeem you myself. Now lie down here till morning. So once again, the law of Moses had a law which is called the law of leveret marriage. What had happened was, let's say I have three brothers, which I do, and, and let's say my oldest brother got married and he died. If the next brother was not married yet, he was required to marry my brother's widow so that they could have a child, a son specifically, and so that son could carry on the family name. Well, in this case, Boaz isn't a brother. He might be a cousin or whatever, but we know that there's one more family redeemer who's closer. So what Boaz is saying here is, there are two of us who are potentially gonna marry you. I don't know whether it's gonna be me or it's gonna be the other guy, but you're gonna be married at the end of this. And if you're thinking, well, what about Ruth? What if she doesn't wanna get married to either one of these people? Well, in that culture, unfortunately, too bad. But here's what happens. It says, so Ruth lay at Boaz's feet until the morning, but she got up before it was light enough for people to recognize each other. For Boaz had said, no one must know that a woman was here at the threshing floor. Then Boaz said to her, bring your cloak and spread it out. He measured six scoops of barley into the cloak and placed it on her back. Then he returned to the town. When Ruth went back to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, what happened, my daughter? Ruth told Naomi everything. Boaz had done for her. And she added, he gave me these six scoops of barley and said, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Then Naomi said to her, just be patient, my daughter, until we hear what happens. The man won't rest until he has settled things today. And as usual, Naomi was right. Boaz went to the town gate and took a seat there. Just then the family redeemer he had mentioned came by. So Boaz called out to him, come over here and sit down, friend. I wanna talk to you. So they sat down together. Then Boaz called 10 leaders from the town and asked them to sit as witnesses. The law of Moses required two witnesses. Boaz wanted to make sure this was really real, so he got 10 witnesses. And Boaz said to the family redeemer, you know Naomi who came back from Moab? She is selling the land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. I thought I should speak to you about it so that you can redeem it if you wish. If you want the land, then buy it here in the presence of these witnesses. But if you don't want it, let me know right away because I am next in line to redeem it after you. The man replied, all right, I'll redeem it. So now it looks like a bad situation for Ruth. Well, maybe not. We don't know who this other person is, but it doesn't look like Boaz is going to get to marry the lady. But Boaz was a sharp gentleman, and he had something a little bit up his sleeve. He says this. Then Boaz told him, of course, your purchase of the land from Naomi also requires that you marry Ruth, the Moabite widow. That's why, that way she can have children who will carry on her husband's name and keep the land in the family. So when the man thought he was gonna get new land free and clear, sure, it's pennies on the dollar. This is a great investment, I'll do it. But then he finds out there are strings attached. If he, if he buys the property, he also has to marry Ruth. So he says, no, I, I can't do it. I'm not gonna be able to do it. And so... Uh, it, it's what it says in verse six. Then I can't redeem it, the family redeemer replied. This might endanger my own estate. You redeem the land. I cannot do it. Now in those days, it was the custom in Israel for anyone transferring a right of purchase to remove his sandal and hand it to the other party. 
This publicly validated the transaction. So the other family redeemer drew off his sandal as he said to Boaz, you buy the land. Seems a little funny, doesn't it? Take off your sandal. Bob gives me, I buy a car off of Bob, so he gives me a sandal or the other way around. I don't know which way it works. But anyway, seems a little odd. And it says, then Boaz said to the elders and to the crowd standing around, you are witnesses that today I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Machlon. And with the land I have acquired, Ruth, the Moabite widow of Machlon, to be my wife. This way she can have a son to carry on the family name of her dead husband and to inherit the family property here in his hometown. You are all witnesses today. Then the elders and all the people standing in the gate replied, We are witnesses. May the Lord make this woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, from whom all the nation of Israel descended. May you prosper in Ephrata and be famous in Bethlehem. And may the Lord give you descendants by this young woman who will be like those of our ancestor Perez, the son of Tamar and Judah. So Boaz's plan worked. He got to marry Ruth. And the elders say, may you be as, you know, basically as prosperous in children as Rachel and Leah, which they're the mothers of, you know, the 12 sons who became the 12 tribes of Israel. So they're praying a, a major blessing upon Boaz and Ruth. And as it says here, Boaz took Ruth into his home and she became his wife. When he slept with her, the Lord enabled her to become pregnant and she gave birth to a son. Then the women of the town said to Naomi, praise the Lord who has now provided a redeemer for your family. May this child be famous in Israel. May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age. For he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. Whoa, wait a minute. Better to you than seven sons. Now think about this. This is a woman, a Moabite woman, a foreigner, a sojourner in the land. And the people say that Ruth has better, been better than seven sons. You could underline that if you have your Bible app out or your Bible because that's the greatest compliment in the entire Bible. There's no statement in the entire Bible that's stronger than Ruth is better than seven sons. And then it says, Naomi took the baby and cuddled it, him to her breast and she cared for him as if he were her own. The neighbor women said, now at last Naomi has a son again and they named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David, the David, king of Israel. This is the genealogical record of their ancestor Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Aminadab. Aminadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz. Boaz was the father of Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David. Ruth became the great-grandmother of David, the greatest king in the history of Israel. Not only that, but Ruth is also only one of five women who are mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. Because, you know, I don't know how many greats, but I think it's 14 or 15 great, 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 grandmother of Jesus. Ruth, the Moabite woman who just did the next right thing, and then the next right thing, and then the next right thing. In fact, that's today's Next step for each of us. I will do the next right thing. I don't know what your next right thing is. I really don't. But I do know that it would be good for us to start with Ruth's list. Here, let's put it in terms for ourselves. Worship the one true God. We will worship the one true God. Secondly, work diligently to provide for you and your family. And number three, obey the instructions, those who have authority in your life. That's a great list for starters. As we worship the living God, 
as we work diligently and as we show proper respect to authority, especially those who have authority over us, we become great not only sojourners as American citizens, but we become great citizens of God's kingdom until we see him face to face.